The AFC West arms race continues, and the Denver Broncos must now address the cornerback position with one move that the Las Vegas Raiders made with a massive trade for Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. What does that mean for the Denver Broncos? Who should they approach? And between cornerback and right tackle, which is more important for the Broncos to address in free agency immediately to counteract that move? You get that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Let's ride. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and 9 News. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format. You can watch us here on YouTube in 4K, high definition. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. And once we get to 10K, we'll be doing a Russell Wilson Color Rush jersey giveaway. I've got them on the way here. They'll be here according to NFL Shop in May, the first week of May. So hopefully by uh, May we get to 10K. But thank you so much, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Sarah, dude, it is a wild, wild time right now in the NFL. But more in particular, the AFC West, the arms race continues. The Las Vegas Raiders yesterday trading for Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. This completely changes what we've seen so far this offseason. And now Denver and the rest of the West, they must counteract. They must. It's the wild, wild west right now, Cody. I mean, it's so much fun. Every single day, major news is dropping. This is, this is These are no small deals that are happening, right? It's like one day it's Chandler Jones. The next day it's Devontae Adams. The day before that it's Russell Wilson and Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. It's like, who's coming to the AFC West today? Who's going to be coming into this division tomorrow? I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm here for it. I love this. This is, this is peak NFL offseason. This is why the NFL – is King Cody because March Madness is happening and the real madness is happening in the NFL in terms of player movement right here, right now. So, man, I I mean, you got to love this move for the Raiders. If you're a Raiders fan who tuned in to hear what we have to say about this, you've got to be ecstatic right now. I mean, Devontae Adams, probably the best wide receiver in the league, and he's joining up with Derek Carr, something that they did. You know, they were, they were the big connection back at Fresno State. I still remember watching Devontae play there and thinking, man, I hope the Broncos draft him. Of course, it didn't work out, but... Man, it does prompt, I mean, George Payton, what's your next move? This is the game of chess. What's George Payton going to do now? Well, you know, our good friend on Twitter, at Sons of Mile High, one of the best tailgates in all of Denver. So if you're a Broncos fan, you're listening to this right now, you need to make yourself accustomed. If you're not already accustomed to it as well, Sons of Mile High tailgate uh, outside of the stadium, fantastic. It's the best in Denver. Put out a tweet. It says, our entire division just keeps playing Hold my beer and Sarah spot on. That's exactly what this feels like right here. Oh, you're going to go out and you're going to get Russell Wilson, Denver. Okay, we're going to go out and we're going to get Khalil Mack. Oh, we're going to go and get JC Jackson. Oh, we're going to go out and we're going to obviously make the impact trade for Chandler Jones. We're going to sign him, trade away Yannick and Gakwe. Oh, okay. You know, everyone's talking about the Raiders aren't doing anything. Well, you know what? We're going to go trade for Devontae Adams. And now everything is changing. So I know, obviously, in the future on Lockdown Broncos, Sarah, we're going to have like a grading the AFC West. We're going to talk about the state of the AFC West because right now it is an absolute blood sport and it should be on paper right now. 
It's going to be the best division in football. Right now, it already is. The talent is unbelievable all across the board. But now for the Broncos, it's up to George Payton now to ne- move that next chess piece here, especially when it comes to secondary. I know that's a topic we'll talk about here a little bit later on the show here. But, you know, there's also some Broncos fans on social media that, say, that want George Payton to do more. And the reality of the situation is here, Sarah, Russell Wilson was a big move. That moved the needle significantly in the AFC West, okay? And yes, DJ Jones is huge. Randy Gregory is huge for this Broncos football team. But, you know, what George Payton is doing now, especially now that we're approaching wave two of free agency, he's evaluating the market. We're seeing all these teams spend big-time money deals there, and now it gives the Broncos an opportunity to see what they have, what they can offer. And now, obviously, what they can offer to free agents is the appeal. We saw DJ Jones meet with the media yesterday, and he said, once they made the move for Russell Wilson, he's like, that's the place I want to be because they want to win. And so now it's like for other free agents out there that maybe haven't gotten those deals yet, they're trying to figure out the right place. Now all of a sudden, Denver becomes very appealing, all things considered, with what we're seeing. And look, we talk about the competition factor. They get to play the best of the best. Playing in this AFC West division this year, Sarah, I think for the Broncos, it will prepare them. It will prepare the rest of the AFC West for potentially making it into the postseason and doing damage. I think right now the Super Bowl favorite has to be somewhere in the AFC West on the AFC side of things here in terms of representation. I think it does too. I mean, all due respect to the Los Angeles Rams, who also made a huge move for a wide receiver on that day to get (laughs) Allen Robinson, right? I mean, the arms race is all out West, people, and it's so much fun to watch. But you're absolutely right, Cody. I mean, the Super Bowl favorite has to be coming from the AFC West right now. Just any way you cut it, two playoff teams from last year already, a third team in the Chargers that almost made it, and a fourth team now, the Denver Broncos, that acquired Russell Wilson. When everybody, everybody that can evaluate probably Properly, in my opinion, would say, you know, the Broncos were a quarterback away. So now you get the quarterback and you get a not only just do you get a quarterback, you get Russell Wilson, one of the best in the league. So it's going to be so much fun, man. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like exactly what you said. Whoever comes out of the AFC West is going to be battle tested. You can't even trust if uh, whatever team finishes third place in the AFC West is likely going to be a Super Bowl contender. Heck, I mean, fourth place might be a Super Bowl contender at this point. Every team in that division right now, Cody, on paper, looks like a, a team that you could honestly say, yeah, that team could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this coming season. And that's just the reality of where things are at. And I think that's going to make for some musty TV. I think it's going to make for just an interesting rest of the offseason like we talked about. These these everything that you can do, I can do better or the hold my beer type of moves from these general managers. Now what are we going to see coming up next? That to me is is the most intriguing thing. How do we respond? The Broncos specifically, how do you respond to this move? Well, after the Devontae Adams trade to the AFC West for the Raiders here, Sarah, I can't help but say the cornerback becomes super, super important right now. What does the Broncos cornerback room currently look like as is today as we're doing this podcast here and you're enjoying your cup of coffee here in the morning, listening to Lockdown Broncos on your way to work, before work, or at home if you had the day off? We appreciate you. We're going to dive into that coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And it's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. We talk about March Madness. NFL free agency is March Madness here for folks, but from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
What does the Denver Broncos position room look like right now at cornerback alone heading into 2022 as we approach the second wave of free agency? It's evident clear as day right now. Cornerback will be a major need for the Broncos to address. And after this trade, I imagine George Payton is looking at that. Obviously, thank you so much, Broncos country, tuning in to today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We appreciate you, Broncos country. Sarah, you know, I think that we're going to talk about a couple positions here today. First off, let's talk about cornerback here obviously this trade moves the needle inside the AFC West we look at it as is the Los Angeles Chargers Mike Williams back on a big time deal for them Keenan Allen still you know there's some questions about what the number three you know receiver looks like for them Denver has Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton Tim Patrick and now obviously Albert Okwebenum flexed out in a little bit more of an elusive role there KJ Hamler coming back off of injury Denver's good there Kansas City we know that with Travis Kelsey McCole Hardman Tyree Kill they, and, and Demarcus Robinson they have a ton of talent there wide receiver is important so now you can imagine one team's already made moves at cornerback, and that is obviously the Los Angeles Chargers. The Raiders probably need to make a move at cornerback, but Denver needs to find a way to strike first before the Raiders have an opportunity to do so. And as they continue to work on, obviously, now a Derek Carr extension and this big-time contract for Devontae Adams, Denver needs to strike while the iron is hot. They need depth badly. Sarah, here's what the Broncos' cornerback room looks like today as we're talking about this here. Patrick Sertan the second, Ronald Darby, Michael Ojemudia, and guess who? And he was. this was a little bit of a later move after the Super Bowl became official. A Sang Bassey, who Denver claimed off of waivers. Outside of that, Sarah, there's no other cornerbacks on this roster. So Denver has to find a way to go out and look. I, I Look, they got to get a really good guy, a really good impact player, whether that's a nickel or whether that's a guy that can play in the nickel or on the outside. There's some options out there. Denver's going to need to add a couple of more, not just maybe in free agency. You might have to add two in free agency. You might have to have one in the NFL draft because right now that's not enough cornerback depth to head into the season here. So, Sarah, I want to go through a little bit of a game here. You and I have been talking about it. Who do we want the Broncos to look at? Now, first off, I'm going to go here. I would love for Denver to look at Stephon Gilmore. Obviously, the 31-year-old cornerback, a few years removed from a defensive uh, player of the year award here in the NFL, was a, typically like the MVP of the defensive side of the ball here in the National Football League. He can play inside. He can play outside. A big issue for him last year when he was with New England at the beginning of the season before he got traded to Carolina, he was coming off of an injury, and he was not ready to play. He was not healthy enough. But now he's entering in 2022 fully healthy. Sarah, I feel like this might be the only move that makes sense here for the Broncos if they want to help counteract this a little bit. I have confidence in Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertan, but without anybody else there, and look, Michael Ojemudia is still growing and rising as a player. This would be a move that gives me a little bit more comfort with the wide receiving talent inside the AFC West. Now, for you, is that a name you're looking at, or is there any other names that you feel like the Broncos should go get after this move? Well, I think that name has to get put on the list at this point. I mean, before the Devontae Adams trade, it's not like the Broncos weren't going to have to cover a bunch of good receivers like you mentioned them. You went down the whole list. I mean, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and even the Raiders had guys, like even Darren Waller. Like, who do you put on Darren Waller, right? But at the same time, now we're talking about something totally different. Now we're talking about the number one wide receiver, arguably, in the entire NFL coming to the AFC West. And I think that just kind of amplifies the need of saying, man, like we look at this cornerback room and it's, I don't think George Payton's panicking. I'm sure he's got a plan and everything, but man, yeah, you talk about, I mean, Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby, that's fantastic. If those two guys can stay healthy, 
But at the same time, we've seen throughout Ronald Darby's career that staying healthy has been, you know, elusive for him. And so I think that Stefan Gilmore is a name of a guy that you have to look at. I mean, yeah, injury concerns are, are probably going to be re- a reality with just about anybody that you bring in at this point. And that's why you have to bring in multiple guys. And so last year, obviously, the Broncos had four players at the cornerback position that I think they would really rely on to start. And then Ojemudia got hurt in the preseason. So they maybe planned on yeah. having five. And, and they ended up with four guys, and they had to rotate through them all year. I mean, remember Kyle Fuller playing in the slot last year? So we know yeah. we know that. I mean, the, the war on attrition in the NFL is real. You have to have guys and the guys that can slide right in. So I think, obviously, Stephon Gilmore is a name that jumps to the top of the list because he's probably the top available guy. But beyond him, I mean, who do you go, who do you look at? A lot of the top names are off the board. Bryce Callahan is obviously still out there. Other veterans like Patrick Peterson are out there. And and then there's younger guys. Like we've mentioned Isaiah Oliver on the podcast before. Not sure if he's the type of guy that they're looking for. Logan Ryan, Cody, just got released by by the New York Giants. And he's got experience playing in the slot. And so I think that, I, I mean, any and every name has to be on the table at this point if you're George Payton. I'm excited to see what he does here. And here's the thing about George Payton, too. George Payton doesn't really seem like the type of general manager to let the Broncos face opposing offenses understaffed or undermanned. And what we saw last year when the Broncos ran into some depth issues after injuries, what did he do? He went out and he traded for Kenny Young, Micah Kaiser, brought in Jonas Griffith, and there was just this developmental factor there in terms of like, hey, we need this, we're going to go get it. The Broncos need cornerback. They're going to go get it. I don't know who they're going to get here, Sarah, but obviously once that episode happens, we'll drop an emergency podcast if it's a big-time name here. If it's not a big-time name but it's a good depth piece, we'll obviously have you covered on a normal Lockdown Broncos schedule here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But now we must get to talking about another position here, Sarah, that the Broncos, do they? is it a significant need as much as cornerback is? We're talking about right tackle. I'm going to give my thoughts. Sarah's going to give his thoughts. And we always want your thoughts. Broncos country, make sure you drop it down in the comment section down below. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And Bilt Bar, as you know at Broncos country, is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars, they have nine amazing original flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. There's the banana cream puffs. There's the churro puffs, which are my personal favorite. I know Sarah loves the banana cream puffs. And make sure you try it if you want to try a unique flavor of Built Bar here today. And if you need a little bit of extra fuel to help get yourself through your day in the morning, through a workout, after a workout, Built Bar has you covered because each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. And the bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. So I want you to get your hands and your taste buds on a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com here today, courtesy of Lockdown Broncos. As we jump into the fourth quarter on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, right tackle is a big question right now for the Broncos. Many fans believe that this is the most significant need that the team must address. But we'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here, Sarah, and we'll talk about it here. Is right tackle on a scale of 1 to 10 the most critical position the Broncos must address now in the AFC West? Yes, there's pass rushers galore on the Raiders and the Chargers. The Chiefs, they have the interior pass rush. They do have Frank Clark, but, you know, there's some other questions too. And, you know, I think there's one thing that we – we sometimes overlook, and I, I did this as well. 
The Broncos have an elite quarterback under center now here. So I want to talk about that. Now, the Broncos did make a move at tackle, Sarah, and it wasn't really the move that I think anybody was hoping for. It wasn't something that Broncos coach was like, yeah, this is great. They obviously signed Tom Compton to a one-year contract, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers. He has a lot of familiarity inside this scheme. So that's obviously why they did it. They didn't pay him to necessarily be a starter. However, I think he'll have a chance to compete for it unless they go and they get somebody big. And then you have Calvin Anderson on the roster. So those are your two essential right tackles right now that Denver has on roster as is. But on a scale of 1 to 10, sir, I'm going to give it a 6. Okay, I'm going to say it's not too significant at this point, probably more so than corner, because I feel like what you can do and what we've seen Peyton Manning do, when Peyton Manning came to Denver, he didn't have an elite right tackle. You know, he had Ryan Clady, but then Ryan Clady had his you know ups and downs with some injuries. But outside of that, the Broncos' offensive line wasn't that great with Peyton Manning here. Peyton Manning's elite-level play and smart football IQ, it made up for a lot of those deficiencies. And I think that Russell Wilson obviously can do that. And yes, I understand the story. Russ has been hit a lot of times in Seattle. I certainly understand that. I want to be cognizant of it. But is it as important right now for the Broncos as maybe addressing cornerback? I give it a six. Sarah, I'm eager for your thoughts on this one, my man. On a scale of one to ten, where are you at and why? Well, I'm really close to you on that, Cody, honestly. I think that I have it as a seven or maybe eight right now. And the intensity for me is kind of ramped up just because of the fact that there's some guys out there that I think the Broncos, I mean, there's very little reason why they shouldn't go get like a guy like Lyle Collins, who was released by the Dallas Cowboys, right? I mean, he obviously shares an agent with Randy Gregory, and that agent is based out of Denver. And so it's like, okay, that, I mean, it seems like it'd be a quick little easy meeting there. But he still trains time, Endeavor too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. With Matt McChesney, so. Right. And so there's a lot of connections there that really make a lot of sense, right? So I, I just wonder why are they not doing that? Or why did they not, you know, try to get Morgan Moses, who signed for fifteen million over three years at five million average annual value? That seems like such a bargain, right? And so there's these different moves that are happening that I just kind of look at it and I'm like, well, what is what is the master plan here? Is it the draft? Is it Calvin Anderson and now Tom Compton, who probably combined, my guess is that combined, they're making about what Bobby Massey made last year from the Broncos, which was like barely $4 million. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, and we know Calvin Anderson's contract has escalators to go up to $2.5 million. Money talks in these kind of moves, Cody. So, if, if, if Compton is making – I, I haven't seen the contract details come out, so I don't know exactly what he's making on the deal. But if he's not making more than $5 million, which we saw Morgan Moses get, and I doubt that he's making that because <laughs> last year he made just over $1 million. I mean, if he's not making that money talks, and I feel like that's a sign, a surest sign of anything that George Payton's not planning on having those two guys be his starting right tackle this year, although maybe because that's great competition and Compton gives you inside versatility. Like he said at his press conference, like, I don't know where they're going to have me play. And I'm going to, I'm kind of going to find out. I, I could play inside though. I could play outside. He could be your swing tackle, swing guard. He could do a lot of things for you. And we know we need depth there anyway. So to me, the right tackle, you know, the need is a little bit intensified just because like this is the, as we've called it before, the arms race, right? So yeah. in the arms race, you don't want the Broncos to be losing out while the Bengals go and build this elite offensive line after what we saw in the Super Bowl because he, as great as Joe Burrow's pocket awareness is, I mean, he got hit to the point of getting a you know, torn ACL in his rookie season, and then it looked like he had a bad injury in the Super Bowl. Thankfully, he avoided it. So that's the kind of thing we can't have happen. So that's why, for me, it's a little bit intensified. But at the same time, I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm not saying you can plug and play anybody, but I don't necessarily think you have to go out and, and make a, a signing for $14, 15000000 million a year or something like that. 
I, I think a lot of fans think, and I think it's easy to get caught up in this too, because we, we've been programmed a certain way, especially around salary cap. Here's the deal. The salary cap is the biggest lie out there. You can manipulate it so easily. And I just want to give you an example. The New Orleans Saints here at one point, just a couple of weeks ago, were minus $76 million over the cap, Sarah. Today, they're $29 million under the cap now, which means that they've almost fluctuated around $100 million of cap space just just to become cap compliant. And they did that with contract restructures, which, look, I imagine that's probably still on the table right now for the Broncos. I think that they're evaluating the market as is, and they are consulting. Look, I do believe there's consultation right here with Russell Wilson. I think George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, they want to do whatever they can to give Russ even more, which now that you see the AFC West making all these moves, it does make sense. Now is the time to do it because, yes, you can restructure contracts and you can create a lot more space and you can spread it out. And as we know, the salary cap is only going to rise year after year after year. That puts, I think, the Broncos in a very good spot here. Now, I'd be a little bit worried, Sarah, if they were a team that was really strapped for money in terms of salary cap heading into it before all these moves even happen for Denver. But they're still sitting in a pretty damn good position right now. They can make some significant moves, and it won't impact them necessarily in the way that many people think. So I think that's probably the next option on the table here for the Denver Broncos. But I agree with you. Why not go after Eliel Collins? He was released by the Cowboys. He did take a direct flight to the Cincinnati Bengals. And to my knowledge, that probably is going to become finalized right there in terms of that. So we'll see what happens unless Randy Gregory is on the phone. Because I know Randy Gregory posted on Twitter the eye emojis when it came to Lyle Collins there. So we'll see if there's been some recruiting there on behalf of Randy Gregory, which obviously I think Broncos country would appreciate. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I'd be okay with the Billy Turner similarities there. However, Green Bay did release him due to the fact that he did fail his physical. So I think there's that injury thing. There's a concern right there. If that's not a concern, then the Broncos should make that move. And then, yeah, I mean, like I said, could you look in this year's NFL draft? It might be very hard when you are picking on the late end of round two unless Denver wants to use those back-end picks there to move up to the end of round one for an offensive guy. I don't know how it's going to work there, but right now the Broncos have options, and I don't think that they need to overreact to this. I think that as we've seen George Payton do it, they need to be calculated and, and very smart with their approach here, which I imagine George Payton has done that so far. I have no qualms about it. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do. And Broncos country, I know you're excited. I know you're anxious about it. Let us know in the comment section down below here on Lockdown Broncos here on YouTube. What are your thoughts on what the Broncos should do? Is cornerback or right tackle more of a higher priority in your opinion? Let us know in the comment section down below. Let us know on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benninger. But that will wrap up today's brand new episode. Lockdown Broncos here in your favorite podcast. And right away, we appreciate you as always, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. When you need daily objective, ever Broncos news content and coverage, come here because both Sarah Benninger and myself, we have you covered. We appreciate you so much and can't wait to continue to involve you here in the show with everything that we do. But with that said, Broncos country, mile high salute to you. That will wrap up today's episode of the show. If any breaking news happens, you know Sarah Benger and I, we have you covered. So with that said, Broncos country, let's ride.